Welcome to Gone Whale Hunting, a Hunter Hunter rewatch podcast. Uh, so today we're covering episodes 5 and 6 of the 2011 anime. Uh, I'm your host, Keith McLean. My pronouns are they, them. And I am one of your other hosts, Devin Wren, and my pronouns are he, him. Alright, so how do these dang episodes start off? Well, in these episodes, we start off on the episode 5, which is called Hisaka is So Sneaky, which I wonder what this could be about. Hmm, I wonder. It seems less like he's sneaky and more like he's murdery and horny, honestly. Yeah, it seems like he's overtly doing something. Like, it doesn't really seem like he's sneaking about it. Yeah, yeah, he's not... Not not exactly being being subtle in this one, is he? Nope, not at all, really. Yeah, so everyone's running through the Swindler Swamp, uh, following Satotes to the next destination. You know, there are some dudes who are all more or less dressed alike, talking about may possibly gonna jump Hisoka, and we know that's gonna go great for them. It's not like Hisoka is excellent at murder or anything. Oh no, it goes fantastic for them. They have a great time. Yeah, just just a real fun party. Yeah, it turns out Hisoka was real bad at killing. Yeah, turns out, turns out the hype is fake. Turns out. So, yeah, they're they're running through the swamp. It's as they're running, the fog is like getting worse and worse and Gon and Killua. Is this where we see Gon and Killua, like the people in front of them literally just like lose their heads? Uh yeah, I think so. Yeah, I know this is when people start running into monsters. Um like the Noggin Luggin tortoise, which is a turtle covered in strawberry in in fresh delicious strawberries um there were claymore mushrooms which uh you know that you step on them and they release spores that are bad for you uh then there's the hypnosis butterfly which you stare at it and just sort of vibe with it and then you die probably yeah i'm gonna say noggin luggin turtle uh-huh kind of cool huh yeah I do like the monster designs in this show. Yeah, they're all, like, really cartoony, but, like, still very dangerous. Yeah. Like, this noggin-loggin turtle, I would, like, be like, oh, cool, a cute little turtle, and then it just, like, eats everything it sees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, Karapika and Leorio end up fighting the big turtles, um, and, uh... Gon and Killua just get eaten by a frog in waiting who's just a big frog that lives underground and chomps people that step on them. Yep. And the way they get out is Killua still has some of that delicious, definitely not drugged or poisoned juice on him. Killua took a juice for the road and it's it came in handy. Killua drugs this tortoise. Killua drugs this frog, actually. I like that Killua is devoted to snacks e- even when he knows they're poisoned. He's just like, yeah, I'll bring a juice. I might get thirsty later. Yeah, Killua just does not care. He sees a snack and he's just like, I want to thank you so very much. Yeah. Oh, Killua and Snacks is a relationship that will continue to develop over the course of the series. Killua has no semblance of control when someone offers him snacks. <laughs> oh, he is... he's just our good snack boy. He truly is. He just loves them. He loves to see them and eat them. R- very relatable. And truly. <laughs> Yeah, so uh Leorio and Karapika manage to uh manage to beat the turtle they're fighting. Uh Karapika just stabs it straight in the eye, which is a little rough. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that Karapika uses those like wooden I don't want to call them kendo sticks. What 
I don't know. I'll look up what they truly are one day. I don't know. But just uses them to just straight up ass swords and stab creatures. Mm hmm. Just like kind of casually just stabs other living creatures with them. Yeah. And then we also see that Hisoka is surrounded by those that that group of thugs from earlier who are going to be totally fine in about three seconds and don't have anything to worry about. They're they're they you know they all just talk about how Hisoka oh he should just give up now he's already failed the exam just by getting lost in the mist and they're they they don't want him to be a hunter and they're gonna beat him up and then Hisoka's just like yeah whatever and he swings a playing card in a big circle and kills like seven dudes yeah so you see these seven dudes and they're all just like definitely not video game looking like goon looking motherfuckers who are just like oh yeah you aren't gonna like take the exam you're gonna get knocked out right here you're gonna never take the exam again and he's just like yeah i intend to pass and they're like no i mean we're gonna beat you up and like make you quit and he's just like no you won't if you see a group of dudes all wearing the same outfit they're gonna be you know you just know they're gonna be fine like, the, I'm sure their generic appearance in no way indicates that they're expendable. Yeah, and this is where my long-running issues with Hisoka begins. In a fight, dude is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. In a fight, a dude is kind of cool. I'm gonna admit right there. He got playing cards. That's really cool that he just uses them as swords and knives. Yeah. The clown aesthetic works well, apparently, when you're going for to be a deranged, cool ninja murderer. But, why you gotta be like that? Yeah, why do you gotta be like that? Yeah, so, you know, then, then we see that, you know, Karapika and Leorio have, you know, sort of witnessed this, and Leorio takes a swing at Hisoka, totally fucking whiffs it. Um, then, you know, he, Hisoka's about to murder the crap out of Leorio, uh, but then Gon shows up and hits him with the, uh, with the lore on his fishing rod. Yeah, so we get this entire extended scene of, like, Krapika immediately recognizes that, like, Hisoka is probably gonna kill them if they try to fight. So they resign- yeah, they say their best shot is, like, when he's about to attack, they run in opposite directions. And at first, it seems like they got away, but Leorio being the bastion of stupidity that he is, he comes right back with his stick and is like, nah, I can't learn now, I'm gonna beat you up. And Hisoka just kind of smiles and says, I love that. Like, he loves when people are like that, but... Leorio loses real quick. He gets knocked out instantly. In like a second. Yeah. Hisoka very much just like immediately dodges Leorio's attack and is about to like kill him. But that's when Gon flies in and hits him with his lure. Yep. Yeah, so then Hisoka and Gon fight for a little while. Um and then it gets then it gets kinda icky. Yeah, at first it starts off great because Hisoka's, like, just genuinely impressed that, like, Gon hit him and was able to sneak up on him. And he's like, oh, and a fishing lure. Like, that's a very original, like, kind of weapon to use. Like, is there anything special about it? Can I see it? But so Gon tries to attack Hisoka. Hisoka's doing some weird cloud magic that he shouldn't be able to do. Yeah. Yep. And he keeps, like, Popping around Gon, just kind of messing with him. But he's being real creepy about it, and I don't like it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you've, if you've watched the anime, you're, like, probably already familiar with this, or maybe you just know it because it's just, like, kind of a thing. But, yeah, Hisoka has some, uh, pretty gross pervert vibes around Gon. It's it's real bad. Yeah, the anime like hypes them up and like let me tell you it's the absolute wrong decision they could have made. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Talking about Hisoka, I feel like is is kind of tricky, just because like, in I mean, he's like an interesting character, but just like that, this whole aspect of it makes it really impossible to like him. Or yeah, you know. it's like he's a great foil for Gon, and like representing who Gon is as a person, but like. Just as, like, a creature, he could be less horny. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't have to, you didn't have to make him like that. You could have written him any way you wanted to. You could have done absolutely- you did this. You could have done absolutely anything you wanted, and you chose the absolute worst decision. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Great. It's, we don't, we don't like it. Turns out, we hate it, is the thing. Turns out, that is the case. Turns out it's the worst. Turns out it's really bad. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like anytime I... I, I do like to recommend Hunter Hunter to people, but, you know, I just... I That's like the caveat I have to give is like, Ugh, there's kind of a pedophile in it. Ugh. There's kind of a pedophile who plays like major roles in like almost every arc. Yeah. There's like kind of like an extended scene later of him basically orgasming like it's not good. It really isn't. Anyway, no. want to move on from this fucking bit? Yeah, how about we just move on so fucking Hisaka takes a knocks Lario out. Basically like congrats going on surviving his first initial encounter with him. And he just wanders off with Leario, saying he's going to take him to the finish line because Leario also passed. Yeah. And he kind of acts as like this, like, oh, I was testing some examinees also. Like, I want to see if you guys measure up to my standards. So he, Killua, not Killua, um, Gon is like very visibly rattled and shaken by this. Like, he's like, almost about to pass out but then you know he and karapika you know get together and you know head towards the exam site following the scent of leorio's cologne because gon is just has just a good nose on him and you know they're they're sort of talking between themselves about like what just happened and like you know and and just sort of reflecting on like why Hisoka decided not to kill them and like what that means for you know Gon and Leorio. Yeah, they find out that Hisoka is basically just like mark them as persons of interest for him. Yeah. So that's also a fun aspect of Hisoka we're gonna have to get to later, but not now. Yeah. So and that's pretty much it for episode five, I think. Yeah, they make it just in time. Like, Killua is there at the finish line. Oh, we also do get a brief scene where Hisaka relents on the attack because he gets like a little call in his radio that says like, it, yeah, the exam's like almost up. You should head back here now. And after that, like a second after, we see what character's holding the other radio. And that'll be mm -hmm. important later, especially to our fave baby boy. Yeah. It's Glitterocker, I think that's how his name is. He's the other pervert-looking dude. The the man with the fucked-up needle face. If, yeah, if you've seen the show, you know exactly who it is. He's the other incredibly pervert, somehow worse-looking than Hisaka. A important distinction to make is I don't think he actually is a pervert. He just looks like one. I mean, he's a pervert in the sense that like he's incredibly strange. Yeah, he he does he did fuck up his own face by sticking needles into it, and he has a weird needle face with a permanent frozen expression on it, and he walks around all creepy. Yeah, Hisaka unfortunately is a sex pervert, and this dude is just like a straight up weird pervert. Yeah. But yeah, that's episode. That's episode. Uh, so episode six, uh, we meet the next examiners. Uh, turns out 
you know, important to note, Hisoka actually did the thing and uh, and brought unconsciously Oreo to the test site. So, you know, Gon and Karapika find him, and Leorio just has no memories of the past entire episode. So that's probably fine. Yeah, Hisoka just knocked the memories right out of him, and they're like, we probably shouldn't tell him. He might want to try to fight Hisoka again, and I don't know if he'll let yeah. him live. But uh, yeah, but but then we meet the next examiners, uh, Menchi and Buhara. Let me tell you, love Menchi, love Buhara. Need to see more of them. Gonna be honest, we never do. Pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, Uh, Menchi has like I don't even know how to describe her haircut. It's like if you were to tie your hair into pigtails but you just kept tying all the way down and she has and also they were all over in all directions going everywhere yeah and she has like six of them wherever she pleases yeah what if you had a hairstyle that was mostly hair ties i think is the best way of describing it yeah she has like thousands of hair ties to make six distinct long braids but they're not even braids. The hair is just like clumped up into these rows. She has to spend. And Buhara is just a big boy. Yeah, just a real, just a chunky lad, very large and tall. He got a big round belly. He's super tall and he's super fun. They're good hunters. They're good hunters, and we should tell what kind of hunters they are. They're gourmet hunters. Yeah, so this goes back to the idea of being like hunters are like kind of a nebulous bunch. And anything you put hunter afterwards, you can kind of be within the group. Because these guys just search for rare ingredients and things to cook. Yep. They're they're food hunters. And honestly, like... Honestly, now now that I think about it, I I do kind of just want, you know, sort of post-series Kilawa once everything is fucking resolved with his terrible family. I want him to just become like a, just a snack hunter. Be like a snack variant of a gourmet hunter. Yeah, this is like, this is because we follow the story so much on like Gon's journey to look for his dad least so much out of like what hunters also do and i would love for like an arc just to be like about the gourmet hunters like looking for like cooking ingredients and having like a cook-off and like all the weird shit they go get just to like make an omelet or something yeah that's that's just like one of the very fun delightful things about hunter hunter is that it it'll just change genres on a dime and you know for this episode it's just a cooking anime but with fantasy and super but with but with fantasy creatures and superpowers which haven't shown up yet yeah it's just like we're done with that now we're going on to something else yeah (laughs) yeah so this next exam site is literally a cooking challenge And they explain it by they have to go out and get some pigs that are in the forest. And they won't tell them where they are. They're just in the forest. Any species of pig, just go get them. It's fine. They're probably nothing, even though this test has been nothing about murder and deception. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And everyone's like making fun of like Menchie because they're like, what, you're a gourmet hunter? You just hunt for food like you guys are just eating. That's nothing. And Menchi looks real pissed for a second. And she's like, yeah, 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 you just gotta go get pigs, so go do it. Yeah, Menchi is maybe a little mad that her entire profession has just been ridiculed. Yeah, and this is where um, uh, Satotes is, like, hiding in a tree watching, and he's just like, oh no, this is bad. Like, he sees her look mad for a second, he's like, oh, this ain't good. Oh, this 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 is probably fine. Yeah, so um yeah, so then they all everyone runs off and tries to get a pig and 
The pigs are gigantic and carnivorous and have big old snouts that they use to charge into things with. Yeah, they're looking and going like, hey, I think I like smell something down there. And they take a fun tumble down like a little hill. All- they do slide down a grassy hill and all bump into each other at the bottom. And it's it's good. It's good. And then immediately undercut with the image of a boar snapping some human bones as it eats them. <laughs> yep. And this goes back to my thing of pigs are like incredibly cute, adorable animals. They will eat you if they mm-hmm. get the chance. They'll 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 snack they'll they'll snack on your bones for sure. Pigs are very terrifying, deeply. Yep, yep. So the pigs are attacking. Everyone's trying something to stop them. Uh, they're just right through them. Like Hanzo throws kunai at them, and they just all break on the pig's snout. Uh, one dude gets, like, trampled, Gone like, tries to hit one on the nose, and it just doesn't even feel it, and then it runs into a tree, which is alright, until mm-hmm. some apples frost on the tree, and it turns out, these pigs are really, they have a video game weak spot. Right, right on their heads, if you, if you, if you bop them on the head, they're basically dead. Yeah, if you hit them on the head, they have no armor there. Their damage is like times 1,000. They're weak as hell. So everyone goes on a fun montage of doing this. And then soon they're all bringing back their giant wild boars. Yep. And it's time to cook, baby! Yeah, so they all roast the, the pigs completely whole. Just put them on a spit over a fire and you know they they start serving the pigs and buhara loves it he's very he's a very hungry boy his stomach is growling so he just eats a whole bunch of entire pigs but menchi uh you know is is just outright rejecting everything she sees just on appearance alone yeah she's like not even like uh the first dude he brings it up, he's like, here, here's your pig, like, it's nothing, and Mura's, like, eating, going like, oh yeah, cool, food. Menchi just goes, it looks awful, dude, like, you just burned a pig, why would I eat that? And so Hanzo comes up next, and he's like, see, mine looks better, and she's like, this one is charred and overdone, please leave. And she's just, like, giving a big X to anyone who comes up, because she's like, none of you are actually, like, presenting this pig to me in any way that looks good. Yeah. So, Karapika picks up on this and is like, oh, what if we put effort into our presentation? So, Leorio, when he serves his big entire whole roast pig, he just, he puts a little Hunter Association logo flag in it. Because Leorio... Is the dumbest man alive. <laughs> yeah, he's very dumb, and he he doesn't really understand what presentation means, I, I don't think. <laughs> the lady just throws his entire pig and is like, no. And so Gon is next, and because he also does not understand what presentation is, he brings up the same kind of charred dried pig, but he put flowers on it. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's just surrounded by flower garnishes. It just has a flower crown. Pick your head up, king. Um, and Menchi is also like, get this away from me. None of you are doing this right. <laughs> She's so tired with today. So then Karapika actually prepares the dish in a way that involves cutting the meat or even preparing it slightly beyond just roasting it and also you know puts some layers some stuff in there makes it like a layer case with like fruits and vegetables maybe yeah it looks like and it has then she like, is like yeah it looks like it has like pineapples and lettuce and tomatoes don't know where Karapika got all that but apparently that's yeah. just been available to them it's it's a mystery Karapika can just do uh, that so Menchi actually tries that one, but it turns out it tastes bad also, so Karapika also fails. And then Menchi says a very 
mean thing, which is she compares Karapika's dish to 404s, aka Leorios, and this is this has traumatized the poor boy Karapika. Yeah, Karapika basically is distraught and about to quit because <laughs> Menji compared Karapika in any way to Leorio. And yeah. yeah, and so Menchi has had enough. She stands up and triumphantly yells, none of you are going to the next exam. The exam's over. Go home. Yeah, she just fails everyone whole- wholesale. Um, You know, Hanzo gets a little mad about this and is like, oh, you're whatever you're just a gourmet hunter what do you know and then she just fucking grabs him by his red scarf and yells at him a whole lot yeah and this is like right before that satots is still watching from the train he goes oh no she's going back to her bad habits again and calls up the hunter association well he calls up mr beans specifically which is my favorite part but this is where we it's meet beans. We get to see beans. We get to see beans, and he's still good. He's still so this is good. A beans, this is a beans appreciation appreci- appreciating podcast. Yeah, on this podcast we stand beans. Indeed. So you know, beans receives the call, passes it on to Netaro, the head of the hunter committee. Yeah, yeah, we just, like, see a mysterious, like, old man just kind of stand up, and there's, like, well, like, what are we gonna do now? And so, the scene goes back, and yeah, this is where we get, like, everyone just being, like, oh, well, like, this exam, this part of the exam's worthless, when will we ever use this? And Mechi just fucking loses it on Hanzo. Yeah. Like, she's just about to kill that boy, that poor ninja boy. Yeah. I support her. Yep. And then um and then Toto, who is a side character who is kind of only relevant in this episode, is uh, you know, you know, also fucking steps up and has something to say and is, you know, complaining about the nature of the test and is like gourmet hunter isn't that's not anything i'm gonna be a blacklist hunter i'm gonna like catch criminals for a living you just make food what are you and then uh you know he yeah toto is a cop uh menchi mocks him and you know buhara and then toto gets mad and charges them then buhara just smacks him so hard that he goes flying and hits a tower yeah and (laughs) <laughs> everyone's like why did you do that and he just looks at menchi and he's like sorry but it looked like you were about to kill him and we see that she just has like six yeah, she dis- just has knives hidden behind she just her has back. like six discreet knives in her hand all of a sudden and she's just like oh i was yeah <laughs> she was very much oh, just boy. about to just stab this man who yelled at her she's like none of you gave me my food so i'm going to kill you yeah Ooh fun i i do like her (laughs) she's kind of nutty with it she's just like none of you actually took my test seriously so i will kill one of you yeah (laughs) but this is like she's like none of you took this test seriously it was in like creativity and presentation and like none of you actually took it seriously me none of you are worthy of being hunters which is so funny the idea of hisika failing this test like he just gives him this awful pig and she's like what are you doing and he's just like (laughs) but as she's like none of you are like allowed to pass we hear ain't that a bit excessive as we look up to see a big old hunter association blimp and a dude just jumps out of it and falls and hits the ground but doesn't even hits the ground there's a big crash and he dies he dies and he's never seen again and we don't have to see this pervert old man and know that for a second that he was really horny yeah yeah this is okay he doesn't he doesn't die he lands on his feet and everyone is like what the fuck this old man just yeeted himself out of a blimp how how is this possible yeah, this is, like, the weird part about 
so this is Isaac Nettero. He's the chairman of the Hunter Association. We'll see him again. We won't see Beans again, but we'll mm-hmm. see him again. It's very sad, and I cry every day. But yeah, Isaac Nettero, as we see him through the rest of the series, and as the rest of the series progresses, is not horny. Yeah. In this scene, he is talking to Menchi, and there is a very, very, very obvious scene of which he is talking to her, and his eyes look right down. We get an immediate shot of her breasticles, and then mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. just continues talking as he just looks back up at her. And this is never brought up yeah. again. We don't even get, like, the, oh, anime, like, she sees this, and she, and she punches the, like, old man, and he goes, oh, the lively one or something. No, it's just, like, that scene. It's just gross and unnecessary for it's a second. It's just that scene, and never brought up again in any sense at all. And you know what? So glad it only happens once. Did not need to be there. So glad this only happens once, because it is very unnecessary. This old man never shows the saddest personality ever again. Which is good, because, like, he's a fun character later. Yeah. He is a thousand years old, also. He does not need... We we really don't need to see him being horny. Yeah, he is beyond the age of horny. Also, here's just, like, a little thing into his backstory. I think he's just, like, straight up a monk. Yeah. yeah. He's, he does, see, you know, given his backstory, he does seem like the vow of chastity type, yeah, probably. He did I don't spend, know. like, a thousand years in the mountain fucking praying to, like, God and how thankful he is. Yeah. But, you know, they had to throw that in here for some reason. I don't know. Grab the audience, whatever. Had to just throw it in for the lulls. Yeah, so him and Menchie, like, go back and forth. They argue for a second. And he says, okay, how about, like, since they're not taking your test or your profession seriously, you, like, show them what you're all about, and then they should, like, yeah, g- give them another test. Yeah, and actually, like, important to note, Menchie actually apologizes and admits that she was wrong for, you know, being so harsh on them, and that, which is, you know, in in the 99 anime in the manga we'll get to, it's, like, a little more commented on, but, like, oh, this, like, this crazy person who has been nothing but disdainful actually, like, it shows some respect for this old yeah, dude. Yeah, she, like, immediately is just kind of like, okay, yeah, she has, like, a very big respect for this man, which is like yeah. goes to show just where he is compared to everyone else. Yeah. But so they all climb up into the blimp and it takes them to a giant like mountain with a just scar cut right through the middle of it. Making my way to a bifurcated mountain, flying fast. Faces past and they got to get some eggs. They gotta get some eggs. They are here to collect, and this is the worst phrase I've ever heard, some spider eagle eggs. And I hate that. Thank God we never see these horrible creatures, ever. I want the spider eagle to become the new national bird of America. You know, it would probably replace the shit eagle we have now. Yeah, what? It's endangered. Oh, we were just like not. It's endangered for not being patriotic enough, is what. And they were just like, yeah, look at that bird with alopecia. Let's just get that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Menchi shows what the test is as she looks down this deep ravine, jumps down, grabs one of the eggs from its like weird webs ball sacks. It's weird. And then yep. as she's falling, they're like, oh, my God, she's going to die. But a massive updraft hits right then and there. And she flies all the way back out and lands perfectly safe. Yep. Yeah. So then, you know, so then anyone who is like, hell, yeah, I'll jump off a cliff. Sounds fun proceeds proceeds to do yeah, that. Yeah, she says um, if you don't you know, notably yeah, notably Toto stays behind because, you know, he's seemingly had enough of this. 
Yeah, so she's like, if you don't jump and get an egg, you basically, like, fail the exam here and you quit. And, you know, I'm not going to, like, diss Toto because, you know, she just said jump off said cliff and hope that an updraft catches you. But our intrepid heroes of Gon, Killua, Leorio, and Karapika immediately jump off. Yep. They love it. They love to They love to see it. They love to see and to do it. <laughs> they love to fall towards a death as long as it's an uncertain death. They love to just plummet hurtily to their doom. It's so fun and nice for them. They really ju- they're really just all about that descent. They just super love to do it and experience it. So yep. they all fall and then they latch onto uh some spider eagles like web strings that are attached to the walls keeping the eggs su- suspended. And mm-hmm. so they hold it there and Gon's like, okay, we should wait. Because one dude immediately like tries to let go and grab an egg. And he's like, Yeah, the updrafts will just keep me safe. He dies. Yeah, he, he plummets he straight to his death and no one like comments on it at all. Um, so Gon's like, we gotta wait, and then the string they're on starts to snap, and everyone's like, Gon, how about now? And he's like, nope, we wait. And they're like, now? And he's like, no, and the string's about to snap, and he's like, okay, now. Yeah. So then they all fall and get caught in the updraft, and they fly back to safety. And this is where they bring, present their eggs, and they hard boil them. Yep. And it turns out they're delicious. They're delicious. And so they make regular eggs taste like a just a just a big old thing that doesn't taste good and has a less pleasant texture than the thing you're currently eating. Yep, and this is where Gone offers some of his egg to Toto. And he tries it, and it's delicious, and he has a newfound respect for Menchi. And he's like, okay, yeah, I'll, like, become, I'll, like, come back next year and, like, take this seriously. And, like, I know what it means to be, like, a hunter and what the risks are involved, which is nice. And he apologizes. He had a moment of character growth. He had a moment of character growth, and it's good. So glad. So glad we'll get to see him again. Yeah, so all of our friends, they pass the test, and, you know, then it's then it's on to the next stage, and I think that's about it for this episode. Yep, the helpful announcer lets us know that only 42 applicants remain, which is probably nothing. This can't be mean anything. It's not nothing. Yeah. So, yep, that's yeah, episode. So- yeah, this was a much shorter summary than we usually do, but like, you know. Yeah, it's it was a lot of fighting. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of fighting. There's just like a lot of like people doing quick things. Like this is where Hunter Hunter kind of gets into a not a lot really happens within the process of an episode. Yeah. I don't know. It's still like entertaining little segments though. yeah it's still very entertaining it just sometimes it like gets into his thing where it's like we're going to focus on this exact one thing for this episode buckle in yeah we still do like it when it just changes genre randomly for an episode and then is just all about cooking or dodgeball or whatever oh i cannot wait for dodgeball dodgeball is good oh i cannot wait to meet the big lad known as razor Oh, looking looking forward to it. Yeah, but are you ready to go on to our next segment? All right, let's do Too Many Gones. This is a segment where we're just going to compare what we watched to the 1999 anime and also the manga. So there's a lot of differences this time around. Huh? Yeah, let me tell you, they got sushi in this one. They got sushi. So the 2011 just cuts out all of Hanzo just casually mentioning that he is from real world Japan. Yeah. (laughs) Oh me, oh my. So yeah, let's, I kind of want to talk about the manga first this time. Um, 
before we get to the sushi, um, Kilawa, like, you know, there's a, there's a bit at the beginning of the episode where, um, Kilawa's like, hey, we should get closer to the front, uh, and Gon's like, oh, so we can keep up with the examiner, and Kilawa's like, to get away from Hisoka, because he's got that horny murder energy right now, and Gon's like, oh, how can you tell? And in the manga, Kilawa says, oh, you know, he's like me. He he also kills people a lot. So, you know, I know how to recognize it. So, like, the manga is, like, way more explicit about Kilawa being, like... Yeah, I do love... <laughs> yeah, being, being about about Kilo being like really morally dubious at first yeah i do love like how easily Kilo like we're gonna find out like more about why but like i do love how just open with the fact that he just like kills people he is yeah he just straight up like oh yeah no hisika yeah we straight up both kill people i get that vibe from him yeah and, like, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna be talking about this more as we, you know, see more of Kilawa in the manga. But I really feel like in the manga, like, the author was setting up Kilawa for a heel turn and then, like, subverts that. Yeah, he feels very much like, and not to bring up Naruto, like I always do every week because I have a brain worm. He just has that, like, he's gonna be, like, the Sasuke vibes where, like, He's going to be like a good friend for a bit, but then something's going to happen. He's going to turn on Gon. But then he just... And he's going to betray the group and be a villain for a while. But he just never does. it kind of does that like a little bit. Yeah. It kind of does that a little bit, but then it's just immediately subverted. Like, no, let's still be friends, Yeah, they're doing like a thing like, oh, will he like side with his family and like turn against Gon? And he just never does. He very explicitly says, I hate my family. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's very good yeah also in the manga the the main characters don't really actually encounter the monsters that are shown it's it's more just like about their encounter with hisoka um uh when when hisoka kills the uh the group of identically dressed lads it's a lot more dynamic and violent like you know, we see him, like, using his playing card. He, You know, he actually, like, runs around and, like, slashes their faces in half and stuff. And it's a, it's a little bit graphic. Yeah, the 2011 anime is, like, weird about its censorship. In which it very is much okay with showing, like, a bunch of dudes, like, dying and getting decapitated and just, like, fuck, like dying all the time. But it doesn't want to actually show, like, the blood of death or anything. So it's always just like a quick flash of light and like maybe some red tint and then everyone just kind of falls over or something. But the manga yeah. in 1999 very much do show Hisoka just like slaughtering a bunch of dudes casually for fun. Yeah. Yeah, the the 99 anime doesn't show the blood either, but it 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 has the more dynamic fight scene elements. Um you know, also also, 2011 is the only really horny one out of out of That's this. That's what I'm saying. You know, Hisoka isn't as horny in the manga, and I don't know why they decided to go with all horny for 2011. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like in in the manga, he's definitely like creepy and intimidating, but it doesn't have that like fucky. Yeah, energy. he's like intimidating, and like he's just a gross clown that like very much could kill. That just murdered yeah, a bunch like of people. You get, like, if you get any creepy energies, it's just from the fact that he looks like he very much enjoyed it a lot. But like, he isn't like saying they're like, oh yes, I've killed. I'm so turned on by this. Uh yeah. Once again, decisions were made with 2011 Hisaka, and I wish they weren't. Yeah. Anyway, moving on from that topic once again, we get to see Gon's persona in the manga. Oh yeah, Gon's got a persona. We see Gon's persona. Yeah, uh, so you know when they get to the exam site and Gon mentions to Kiloa that he got there by following Leorio's cologne. Uh, Kiloa just sort of makes a side comment that it's like, "Oh, you were able to." You you ha- you you can smell that good. You must be half dog, and you know just as like a little joke, it it 
oh, it shows Gondron with a dog muscle and pointy ears and it's and whiskers. And as a furry, I like to see And it's it. very funny because like Togashi's like avatar when he like shows up in the manga is very much just a dog. Yeah. And it's also funny because Killua is also constantly being referred to as like cat like all the time. Yeah. And I love to see it. It's good. Oh, okay. So then then we're gonna get to the the meat of the different of the sort of difference between the 2011 and the other version, which is the whole thing with the sushi. Uh, so it turns out in the original manga, uh, Menchi and Butera both had an individual cooking challenge instead of just both eating the pork. Uh, so they do the whole thing with the pork and Butera, or bu- fuck, Buhara eats eats all the pork and is very satisfied and passes everyone who managed to cook an entire pig. Uh, but then Menchi is just like, okay, for my challenge, you have to cook sushi. And then does not explain what sushi is. So everyone has to figure that the fuck out. Um, and the only two people who know what sushi is are, uh, are Hanzo, because sushi is from Japan, and Hanzo is also from Japan. <laughs> so c- Japan is canonically established as a real world, as, as a country within the world of Hunter Hunter, which is, which definitely doesn't take place on Earth or an Earth-like planet. He's straight up from, like, Japan, and it's just commented on. And I think that's crazy until I remember there is entirely an arc that takes place within a place called York New City. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know? Uh-huh. And also, just, like, as we learn later in the ser- well, later, I'm actually not sure if it, like, gets to this, but, like, in in the anime, but I know that definitely in the manga, we learn that, like, sort of everything that is on a big old lake yeah like basically all of all of yeah basically all of human civilization is like just takes place in this tiny confined area of the world and everything beyond there is like terrifying dark continents and just like fucking uncontrollable monsters yeah so hunter hunters said flat earth theory and then that we stay here because the world outside is too dangerous and that's what flat earthers are going to look for in their fools. Um, yeah. And also, and also Japan is there. Yeah. Japan is just like in this real world, (laughs) this hunter hunter universe. And it's just name dropped casually. Yeah. Uh, so then, you know, Karapika knows sushi from having read about it, because Karapika is the one who knows things. So he just knows that, you know, it's made from fish and rice, and Leorio is like, it's made of fish, really loudly, and everyone hears it. Oh, and by the way, just like there's a really cute bit where Hanzo, like, he's the only one who knows what sushi is, but he's trying not to let on, but he just can't... He he's he gets the he gets the giggles. He wants to tell everybody so bad. He wants to tell everyone <laughs> how he's so proud to be from Japan and be a ninja. Yeah, ugh. Hanzo. He's so good. <laughs> uh such a such a bad ninja, but a good boy. Just a good boy. You know? I talk about Naruto every week. Hanzo would fit right in with the Naruto universe. Everyone there goes around telling everyone that they're ninjas. Yeah. He would love it there. He would just go around and be like, I'm a ninja. And they'd be like, yes, so am I. He would be best friends with Naruto. And they would spend all day yelling about how they're, how they're ninjas. They would just go around town and scream, did you know I'm a ninja? And everyone would be like, we all are. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, so there are a lot of scenes from like the 2011 manga the 2011 anime that like mirror things that ha- happen in the manga like Toto still gets smacked around uh Hanzo still gets you know totally chewed out um uh Kurapika still gets you know their his dish compared to uh Leorio isn't it makes him traumatized 
Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 this entirely different challenge, and there's like a whole bunch of plot around that. Also, in the ninety nine anime only, uh, while they're waiting for Netero to show up, uh, Menchi just runs off for an hour to collect some moss off of a bear, and apparently it, it tastes okay. Yeah, this entire challenge is just funny because it's based around that no one knows at all what no one at all like knows what <laughs> sushi is and no one will tell them and like they have to try to gain information out of Hanzo, but he's trying so hard not to tell. Yeah. Also something to, also something interesting I noticed uh when Kilua serves his um you know, when he serves his sushi to Menchi, uh, there's also a side of shrimp with it. And it's specifically mentioned that this is like a landlocked place and the and you're not they're not able to get uh, you know, any actual seafood there, so they have to collect their fish from, you know, lakes and rivers. So and also, they're only given the tools that they need to prepare sushi. So like no heat source. But Kilua just has prepared shrimp as part of the dish so i want to i think sort of expand our snack boy theory and to include the fact that kilua carries loose cooked shrimp in his pocket i really like the idea that kilua never got to bring his pig up to menchi in the 2011 and that kilua himself is actually an excellent cook yeah. And he loves it, but <laughs> he just never got to bring up his pig, and he's always going to be bitter that she said everyone fails. Yeah. Pocket shrimp, though. He definitely has pocket shrimp. He's definitely, like, <laughs> prepared at all times for everything, and one of his prepared things is he never knows when he'll want shrimp, so he just keeps them... <laughs> loosely cooked shrimp with him at all times when i say he's a cat <laughs> <laughs> and then here's the real shit though hisoka made the same dish as kiloa you see hisoka also keeps shrimp on him but that's he because also he also has that's because he loves to throw them at people like playing cards <laughs> <laughs> that's okay yeah i mean we, we were we were already sort of talking about the you know you know sort of comparing kilowatt to hisoka just in that they're both they both do murders and stuff i think you know this is where you can sort of draw their distinction as characters and as foils at each other kilowatt carries around the pocket shrimp to eat hisoka carries it to throw and that's that really just summarizes the fundamental difference between these two characters. Yeah, Hisoka does the exact thing that Kilowoto hate anyone doing with some freshly prepared pocket shrimp. And he yeah, despises and then, it. And then this was a weird bit, uh, you know, because Hisoka sees Kilowa's dish getting rejected, he just doesn't even present his, and he just goes away to sulk. And... We just fucking saw Hisoka murder a shit ton of dudes. Weird time for him to be shown as cute and dejected. This is like the show's thing about Hisoka is that he's real good at killing and real good at being a creepy, like a creepy motherfucker. But like anytime it's anything else, he's just like a sad clown dude. He doesn't know how to do anything else. They get like they get like a mile of humor out of the fact that he's just kind of useless regarding anything else. <laughs> Hisoka is problematic. I will I will say Hisoka, it. He he truly is. Um, you know what else is problematic? Uh, we see Beans for the first time, and he's flesh colored in the in the ninety nine anime. That's not beans, I refuse. Ooh, it really, it really isn't. It's really, it's really rough to look at. Not, not my beans. Not mine. I refuse to acknowledge this horrible, horrible man. Hashtag not my beans. 
not my beans, deeply and truly. Uh, yeah, so we see a we see a very bad beans who's flesh colored. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I think that's that's mostly it for the really dramatic changes or just like the notable stuff. Um I th- one more thing I wanted to say is that, you know, Satoats is hiding in the tree like he usually does in the 99 anime. But, you know, then he like makes a dramatic appearance and, you know, says like I forget what he fucking says. But, you know, he sort of confronts Meichi. I, I I might have watched this episode while I was about to fall asleep this morning, so I don't remember it super well. The point is, Satoats makes a dramatic appearance. Then later, when Netero shows up, he is back to hiding in the tree, and he makes a second dramatic appearance to be like, Oh, this is Netero, the head of the... Of the Hunter Committee. He just loves to be dramatic, and I love this man. <laughs> His weird curly mustache, the fact that he got no mouth, and he just loves to make dramatic entrances. Satotes, how come your mom lets you have two dramatic appearances? Hey, Satotes, how come you love that tree so much? Okay, so I think I think that more or less covers it, unless there's anything more you wanted to say. No, that's about it. That's all I got. Uh, all right, so want to do the last segment. Uh, welcome to Greed Island. Let's head to Greed Island. All right, so this is Welcome to Greed Island, the segment where we recommend things and... We're, we're going to get whisked away to that island. We're going to fly away on our PS1 like it's a magic carpet. And we're, go- we're going to Greed Island. And there's lots lots of fun things to do here. And we're going to recommend some of them. So, Devin, what have you got to recommend this week? Well, I've been back in the weeds. So yesterday I learned uh, that... Sekiro, the newest game from from software, the creators of Dark Souls and ruiner of everyone's video game experience for all time. Um, they are going to release a bunch of new content for that game, which is great because I've had an earworm and I've been playing that game nonstop for the last like few weeks. Again, for no particular reason other than I like the combat and it's really fun and it's great for me. And I understand that isn't for everyone. So the other thing I would recommend is I've been listening to the Shrieking Shack podcast. Uh And let me tell you, there's nothing better than just being like one of those jaded Harry Potter fans who remembers like liking the books as a child and then going back and being like, yeah, they're kind of bad, huh? (laughs) Like the biggest thing in my house is that my roommate will not watch uh, the second movie or read the second book with me uh-huh. because I do nothing about but scream about the fact that there's like a 20 foot snake just wandering through the halls of this <laughs> giant school and not one person ever like even sees like the tail end of it or anything. And their explanation for that, it's just like crawling in their pipes and I'm just like the pipes are big enough for that snake. Truly, this truly the snake is the main reason to dislike Harry Potter right now. It is truly a thousand other things have gotten should be like the main topic of why I hate it. We're not even going to talk about who wrote it. They don't exist. It came into this world without them. Um, but Hatsune Miku wrote Harry Potter. I don't want to do that to Hatsune Miku. She could fair. write something much better. Okay, fair. She could write much, much better. She wouldn't do this to us. Um, yeah, so it's just like the podcast is really good. They just go through all the books and just like tear it apart, which is just so cathartic to me. Nice. And yeah, the that's my recommendation for this week. How have so, you been doing? So my brain worms have also been have also been wreaking havoc on me this week and except mine have uh led me in a very decidedly different video game direction so i've just been going back and playing a lot of sonic the hedgehog games ah incredible 
notably the uh, the GameCube era ones, which I played as a young child, just getting into video games for the first time. Um, so yeah, like Sonic Adventure and uh, Sonic Heroes definitely hold up for me. I had a lot of fun revisiting them and had a good time with the gameplay. Uh, you know, so much so that I actually also decided to play Sonic Forces. And how is that? Let me tell you, the 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 hype is wrong. Sonic Forces is actually really good. <laughs> That's great to hear. Every time a new Sonic game comes out, all I hear is about like how excited people are for it, and then immediately how much they hate it. I'm just like, do y'all want a Sonic game or not? Yeah. But I've been, I've been having a really good time with Sonic Forces. Like, you know, each level has all of these, like, little extra sort of challenge elements. Like, you know, there's, you know, specific stuff you can grab by, you know, finding secret routes. And, you know, and, you know, there are also, like, challenges for, you know, making your way through the level at a certain time. So a lot of times you'll have to, like, really replay a level and just, like get it down to muscle memory and like learn the best path to take and like how to get through it the absolute fastest which has always been like the appeal of sonic games and you know also there are like challenge levels which are basically just like straight up massacre and they're really fun and you know it's you just got to get through each segment without fucking dying and it's a lot of fun um also just like if the idea of creating your own OC and playing it in an actual Sonic game doesn't get you, like, at least a little bit sincerely excited, then I have nothing to say to you. Create your own Sonic persona and get, like, legitimized by it immediately being canon. It rules. I may you, 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 you get to make personas in the game, then play the game as the personas, and each time you complete a challenge, you unlock... A bunch of new uh, clothing items, so you can just put your persona in a million different outfits, and it rules. It's so good. That is fantastic. My only, like, experience with Sonic games is one time when I was really little, I had one of those, like, plug right into your TV, like, Sega things that just, like, Uh had, like, 30 games on them, and Sonic was one of them. And I one time had a... Do you remember Sonic Chronicles? For the DS. Ooh, I did not actually play that one, but I've been hearing <laughs> a little bit about it lately, and it it's, seems bad. It's it's like a turn-based Sonic game, which is the exact opposite of what Sonic should be. I know it's an RPG made by Bioware, and yeah. even though it's a Bioware game, you for some reason can't date any of the furries, which... You can't date anyone, it's turn-based. Turns out Knuckles the Echidna is an alien from another dimension. What? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> He's just from an alien race of other echidnas, who apparently set him there as, like, a recon scout, but he lost his memory. And, like, they're there to, like, try to feed off the energy from, like, Sonic's world to save their own. It's wild. Sonic lore. Anyways, I played the game all the time because I loved it. They really got pretty wild with, uh, with it in the 2000s. I mean, the next game on my list of, you know, Sonic of, like, GameCube era Sonic games to revisit is Shadow the Hedgehog. So I am just, I'm, you know, in, in my life, in my time as a human being, I am gonna spend, you know, the next portion of that as a mean hedgehog who looks like Sonic, but edgy, and I'm gonna be running around with guns shooting people. Yeah, you know, Sonic just kind of does things. It turns out when you try to base an entire video game series off the idea of a dude who just wants to be mean to animals, it leaves a lot of room to do whatever you want. It's a weird, terrible mess, and I love it. It just, nothing about it makes sense, and that's what makes it absolutely fantastic. Yeah, oh my... I'm 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 excited to revisit Shadow though. That's it's gonna be real stupid. Let me know how it goes. That sounds so <laughs> good. Yeah. Uh so I think I think that about does it for the episode. Yeah. Um yeah, any anything to plug? 
Um, I can plug our Twitter and Tumblr now. Let me just get the... Ooh, yay, we have those. Yes, let me just get the ads for that because my brain does not work all the time. So the Twitter is at Hunting. It is just the name of the podcast. And if you go there, I retweet the episodes and eventually I will restart retweeting memes to there because now i have a place to put them all and then our tumblr is also just at gone will hunting so if you just search for that you'll find it and yeah also you can search for my personal twitter which is oh i changed the name recently because i have earworms and i saw the new beta gen 4 pokemon leaks and they're so great it is still at Grooving Ghastly, and then my Tumblr is at Jazz Dumpster. So those are that. Great. And I don't really have a sh- show that I want to plug this week, but, you know, I, I, I will just say that I did start you know, putting together some ideas for just like a simple little uh, Sonic the Hedgehog-inspired pbta rpg uh and it's gonna be totally gmless and like have just uh you know just procedurally generated obstacles in it and it's i've it's it's gonna be wild i think so and i'm gonna have try to have that you know in at least alpha pretty soon Ooh, that's good i'm i'm hyped about it that's how deep my brain worm you know <laughs> once 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 the brain worms reach a certain depth, I guess, in, you know, in, in I guess, like, your brainstem, that's when you start writing tabletop RPGs. That's when you're just like, I must create content. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how we got here. That's how we got, that's, that's how podcasts are made. The brain worms just get right deep in there, and you have, you have to make something. They just get right in and they never leave. They don't go away until you talk about it for at least a hundred hours. And that's just how it be, I guess. That's how it be. Uh, so would, yeah, I think would you and your brain worms like to wrap it up for this week then? And say goodbye? Oh, I have to remember what our sign out is. Uh... Oh, it's it's the good sign out that is sounds good to say with your mouth and and you like to listen with your ears. Oh, uh, brainworms, please give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What is it again? All right, listeners, going to buy everyone. Oh, uh, going by. <laughs> <laughs>